Welcome. You're listening to Blood Advances Talks. Blood Advances Talks are scholarly review articles that are presented in an audio format and published in the American Society of Hematology's open access journal, Blood Advances. Transcripts for Blood Advances Talks undergo the same rigorous peer review process as all articles published in Blood Advances and can be downloaded by visiting bloodadvances.org. We thank you for listening. My name is Donna Newberg from the Department of Biostatistics and Computational Biology at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. The title of my talk is How Many Mice? Design Considerations for Murine Studies. I have no relevant conflicts of interest to declare. Murine experiments, like human experiments, require thoughtful design and sample size calculations. The statistical approaches to design are quite similar to those used for clinical trials, but the differences to be detected are larger and the sample sizes consequently smaller in the mouse experiments. As in human studies, it is important to articulate the endpoints of interest and how they will be measured and to identify the additional sources of variability within the experiment in order to assure the appropriate statistical approach for both design and analysis. Murine experiments, like all other scientific studies, require that null and alternative hypotheses be specified a priori and that sample size be calculated to assure a high probability of observing the hypothesized alternative when it is true, this is called statistical power, while limiting the probability of erroneously rejecting the null when the null is true. This is called significance level. The numbers of animals required will differ according to the endpoints to be measured in the study and the variability of those measurements. Common endpoints include laboratory assessments, which may or may not require that the animal under study be sacrificed, changes in tumor burden over time, tumor incidence, and overall survival. The key to efficient design of mouse experiments lies in identification of the many sources of variability within the experiment. To articulate and acknowledge such sources and preserve all components of the experiment within each replicate permits more efficient use of resources and preserves the sanity of the technician or postdoctoral fellow who is responsible for direct interaction with the mice. This does imply, however, that a typical study one exploring vehicle control, two single agents, and the combination of those agents must include all treatments in each replicate. Similarly, each replicate experiment must include all ages or all genotypes. To fail to be inclusive in this aspect of the design can compromise the appropriate control of variability and obviate the ability to compare treatment arms to control or to one another. In addition, the NIH has mandated that mouse experiments address any investigational question in both male and female mice. The sample size calculations for murine experiments 
are based on the same statistical principles as those underlying phase two clinical trials. Statistical power is typically between 80% and 90%, and the hypotheses being tested are often one-sided and explored at the 0.10 level. Effective treatment should reduce spleen size and enhance overall survival. The hypothesized magnitude of difference between vehicle control and effective treatment, however, is typically larger than that postulated in clinical studies, which permits substantially smaller sample sizes. But only in very restricted circumstances can we statistically support the popular N equals 3. Classical statistical designs, based on the technique known as analysis of variance, permit the efficient testing of differences across treatments and ages. Unfortunately, such approaches require estimates of the variability of the measurement, parameters which are unknown in a first-in-mouse experiment. We nevertheless suggest this paradigm as a useful way to think about a problem. If one were to explore a question in young, middle-aged, and older mice, examining four treatments, including vehicle control, and include three mice at each age and treatment combination, the experiment would require 36 mice. There would be nine animals receiving each treatment and 12 animals at each age. Using ANOVA, one can test whether all treatments or all ages fail to differ. The technique also permits pairwise comparisons or individual comparisons to a common control, assuming that there is overall evidence that all conditions are not the same. An additional way to move forward with n equals 3 is to take this as the most basic sample size per condition within a replicate experiment. Consider an experiment in which one seeks to identify differences between four treatments with 15 animals per treatment required for adequate power. The technician would be challenged to sacrifice and process 60 animals in a single day, but the study could be properly conducted as five replicate experiments, each with three animals exposed to each of the four treatments, the same 60 mice deployed in a more manageable fashion. The key to preserving the integrity of the experiment is to assure that all treatments are included in each replicate, and replicate is explicitly included as a variable in the analysis. Consistency of treatment differences across replicates can then be properly assessed. Incorporating sex into an already complex design may make it challenging to implement the full study efficiently. Many investigators choose to conduct parallel experiments in male and female mice, thereby doubling the number of mice required. Another common experimental setting is the effect of treatment on tumor burden over time. In this context, the animals must be identifiable by ear tag, punch, or tattoo to permit a focus on change over time within each animal rather than on group comparisons at each time point. Each mouse is statistically independent of every other mouse, 
but assessments over time within a mouse are not statistically independent observations and will reflect the characteristics of that animal. In my experience, there is always one mouse that behaves differently. Low tumor burden in spite of treatment with vehicle control, rapid and durable achievement of high chimerism, higher weight at study entry and at every time point thereafter. Absolute or proportional change from baseline over time is the appropriate way to examine an endpoint such as this. To look at a single time point would inappropriately increase variability and thereby decrease the ability to identify statistically significant differences because of the substantial differences at baseline. Murine experiments are also used for time-to-event endpoints, such as tumor incidence or overall survival. In each setting, only animals alive without disease at the end of the study can appropriately be censored, even if they are about to be sacrificed. In this case, approaches to sample size estimation differ from those used in human studies. Tumor incidence studies, including those in which one seeks to accelerate the development of disease or to enhance the aggressiveness of disease, are typically planned using the exponential distribution. This requires estimates of both time to onset of disease and survival after onset. The exponential distribution, which embodies a concept called guarantee time, permits estimation of time to onset for models of acceleration or delay, as well as estimation of survival following onset of disease to see if disease dynamics were changed by the intervention. The ultimate sample size will depend on both the magnitude of difference in time to onset and the ratios of median survival following onset which is reflected in the ratio of the exponential parameter. Sample size estimates for survival studies in mice can be based on the proportions of animals anticipated to survive at a given point in time. This differs from the approach used in human studies as patients enter a study over an extended period and individuals are censored at the time of analysis with different durations of observation. In murine studies, all animals start the study at the same point in chronological time and are followed forward. Furthermore, diseased animals treated with vehicle control tend not to do well. Using exact binomial calculation for the proportion of animals expected to be alive at a pre-specified time, we can estimate the statistical power to detect a specified difference. For an initial assessment of a novel agent compared to control, we can often use 10 mice per treatment. Such a design would have 80% power to distinguish 20% survival in the control group from 80% survival in the experimental group in a statistical test with a one-sided 0.05 significance level. This is indeed a large difference but for an initial observation or a screen, this might be acceptable. Please note that if the interest is in comparing an established therapy to a novel combination including that therapy, survival on the control arm could be substantially higher. To demonstrate an improvement from 50% to 
again using a statistical test with a one-sided 0.05 significance level, would require 37 animals per group. As always, more animals would be required for 90% power. Fewer animals would be required for a one-sided 0.10 statistical test. The analysis of a survival experiment in mice should be presented using the method of Kaplan and Meyer and tested using a log rank comparison, just as it would in a clinical trial. Statistical advice on the design of PDX studies of survival using different treatments has not as yet reached consensus. The context of thinking through design aspects based on ANOVA to elicit the potential sources of variability can be helpful. We have suggested that seven animals per PDX per treatment may be required, but if the consistency of treatment outcome within PDX is known to be high, fewer animals per PDX per treatment might be required. These aspects of design may vary by the disease under study. If the PDX source is included in the analysis as a random effect, one can estimate treatment effect within PDX source, that is, identify the superior treatment for a given PDX, as well as the variability of outcomes across PDXs within treatment. Such variability cannot be assessed in a clinical trial in humans because the patient and his or her tumor are a single entity and can be treated with only a single treatment strategy at a given point in time. Sample sizes for murine experiments are smaller than those generally used in human studies. This in part reflects the goal of detecting larger differences between groups than are usually feasible in human clinical trials. This is appropriate for an experimental setting which lies on the interface between basic biology and clinical implementation. I hope these guidelines will be useful in helping investigators think about design issues for murine studies and planning those studies accordingly. You've been listening to Blood Advances Talks. Please visit bloodadvances.org for more audio reviews and for information on how to subscribe to the Blood Advances Talks podcast. A full transcript of this podcast can be found online. Music for Blood Advances Talks is performed by the Art Tipolo Trio and provided by Dr. Art Tipolo. This presentation is copyrighted by the American Society of Hematology. We thank you for listening.